The Hennessy Report from Keystone Partners, a free-flowing conversation with leaders in the HR community, talking about themselves, the industry, and their work. Brought to you in cooperation with NERA, the Northeast Human Resources Association. Welcome to the Hennessy Report. I'm Dave Hennessy, and today's guest is Michelle Strader, the Chief People Officer of Zaloni, a Raleigh-based technology company focusing on big data. A very curious culture based on their CEO. Michelle is a continuous learner. She approaches her work with a lot of humility and curiosity. It's a key tenet of their culture and values. An interesting part of this discussion is when Michelle goes into great detail about technology they use in HR to help drive engagement at Zaloni. And next up on the podcast is the president of Keystone Partners, Ralph Roberto, also the founder of Essex Partners and the leader and senior partner of Essex, Howard Seidel. And now we bring you our discussion with Michelle Strader. Michelle, it's great to be here at the Zaloni headquarters. And is it Raleigh? Are we right in Raleigh? Technically, it's Research Triangle Park. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit about something early on in your life that, as you look back now, was an inflection point or something that kind of set you on this path that you're uh, on now. You know, I wish I had a really interesting story for you about this. I think that for me, uh, I grew up in a family where my sister and I were really the first two to go to college. So I knew for a very long time I wanted to go to UNC, really didn't know what I wanted to do, but I was very independent, independently oriented, as my parents would say, growing up. So very, knew very early that I wanted a career and explored a lot of things in college. And at the end of the day, I was kind of starting a career in sales, had a business degree focusing on marketing and sales and did a lot of sales types of interviews out of college and just kind of landed with this phenomenal company that was California-based. This was um, a long time ago, so <laughs> I don't want to age myself, but it was like a, a decade ago yeah, or so. Yeah, right. Or yeah, so. yeah, just a decade. <laughs> um, so I found a great California-based recruiting company, which this was you know, back when this was. It was just when the internet had really <laughs> started for recruiting, right? So they had great training and they took new grads and you know it was very sales oriented you kind of worked a full desk and so i learned how to sell and market services to companies who needed recruiting services and we also worked the candidate side so i kind mm-hmm. of fell into it mm-hmm. and then stayed in it for a while and eventually transitioned more into the hr talent management side so it was kind of by accident. Yeah. yeah. Well, we've had a lot of guests on the podcast that come from the recruiting side of the space. It's, it seems like it's a really good place to start. It is. I think recruiters have an opportunity uniquely when it comes to the talent strategy roadmap and talent management roadmap to, uh, as you think about where that all begins, it's about getting the right people in the right seats on the bus mm-hmm. at the right time. Recruiters have a unique vantage point in not only doing that, but learning the business and learning how the business really works and runs and working with hiring managers. Right, because they have to tell that story. They do. They have to tell that story for the job and the story of the company and the story to get candidates excited about wanting to be a part of our journey. So I think recruiters are one of the most important roles in a company. Right, and then as you think about that perspective now, as you're thinking about, okay, how are we going to attract employees? You you still have that hat on. It's like, I need to have that story, that value proposition, that employment brand, so my recruiters can go right. bring the right talent into Zaloni. Yep, exactly. So, so it's, it's one of the roles in the teams and the organizations, the HR teams that I've built in HR organizations that is 
critically important and it's where really the HR business partner function starts. Mm -hmm. And I think it's one of the hardest jobs in a company, (laughs) Um, especially in the labor market that we're in now. So it is very important. Yeah, I don't know if we've been in a a tougher, more competitive seller's market from the employment standpoint. It's been a while since it's been this tight. Yeah, Um, maybe back when you were in the working When I just started, it was was similar. But Yeah. yeah, I think this is actually a little bit harder. Yeah. So, yeah in a growing market. So um, some success. We'll start with some really good news. Uh, last year, Zaloni was on the Forbes best big data companies to work for list and best CEOs to work for in 2018. Congratulations. Thank you. We're very excited about that. And you also opened a new headquarters here. You just gave me a tour. Incredible space. I really like the design. It's kind of funky, a good blend of open spaces and private spaces and different sizes. Do you want to talk a little bit about this space and this park that you're in? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. We're super excited about uh, being at, at the Frontier. The Frontier is a community here in Research Triangle Park, managed by Research Triangle Foundation, and they had a vision. Um, this is all old IBM workspace that, you know, IBM's been in RTP for decades, and the space has gone through a couple of different t- Tenants. IBM used to be here and then it kind of went dark for a while and didn't get a lot of love and attention as space goes. So RTF or Research Triangle Foundation purchased it as the new landlords and has really been working over the last, I think like five years, maybe doing a reset and taking this old space that was very antiquated and very uninteresting. And they're working to transform it into a community here in RTP for emerging companies in all vertical industries, right? To come in and focus not not on really high-end expensive rents with few amenities, <laughs> but a community of similar types of companies that can um, enjoy the community that they're working to create. Um, there's a dog park, there's a hammock park, there's a game area, there's um, food truck rodeos on Fridays. They do tenant appreciation. We just had a huge food truck rodeo picnic And that's for all these, all these buildings? For all the tenants. There's four or five buildings only about half of them have been redone. Mm -hmm. Um, They're not certainly fully occupied, but they're on their way, which is exciting. Um, So we're here in building 600 and uh, we have just really loved being a part of the community so far. And we're still, you know, only about three months in. So we're excited for the future and um, there's a lot of cool stuff coming too. So they've been great to us. That's great. You wouldn't know that you just mentioned how it was antiquated just driving in here. You wouldn't know that it was. They've done a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, they really (laughs) have. They've done a lot of work. So we're super thrilled and and they've been very kind to us and our team. But the idea for the space was we, our prior space wasn't quite this nice. Um, we'd been in it for a while and it was pretty low key and really focused on growing the business and scaling when it made sense for the company. And so um, we knew about 18 months ago, this was about six months into my tenure with the company that our lease was coming up for renewal. And we wanted to really think about the future, think about the trajectory of what we wanted to look and feel like as a company and culturally, and just wanted to create a space where our employees could come in and feel like they could collaborate and innovate. We're in a very high innovation industry in big data, and we wanted our space to really represent that more. And so we took a lot of time mm-hmm. <laughs> to think about it and uh, looked at a lot of properties locally and worked with a phenomenal architect here locally out of Durham, mm-hmm. uh, Alliance Architecture. So they partnered with us in a project team to build space that was um, functional, but also 
open, collaborative, high energy, lots of natural light, um, lots of opportunity for employees to feel like they could really come in and, and have fun while they did some really cool work. Yeah, and I see there is so. a photography wall where you have sort of a competition. Our photo wall, yeah. yeah. We had a... Because um, you have employees all over the world. Yeah. And there's only 25% of your employees are here. So yeah, yeah. Mostly... But you see all of them represented on the artwork on the wall. Yeah, you know? mostly in India. We have employees in uh, three countries, India, two locations, Dubai, and then certainly here in the U.S. And we're in about seven or eight states here in the U.S. So mm-hmm. very globally distributed team. Mm-hmm. So we had a photo contest, wanted to really think about decorating the space in a way that represented our global workforce and our global kind of client list mm-hmm. because we also have customers in all those geos, which is great. So I think that the, the goal with the photo wall was to bring a piece of that into the headquarters so that the remote offices felt connection to the mm-hmm. RTP space. Michelle, what would you say the key role or your philosophy of being an HR leader is? So for me, I very early in my career had some phenomenal mentors. I don't know a lot of people professionally who actually chose to go into HR. I think a lot of us, like I did, follow. there are there are several, several, I'm sure, but usually it's very OD oriented, and I think that there's some paths with some specialties within HR that you typically see. But a generalist like me, at least in my sphere, I don't see it as much, mm. which is you know fine. But um, I had a lot of great mentors, and I've been very lucky. But for me, you know, when I talked about my own experience and the opportunities I've had and the types of companies I've had the opportunity to be a part of and grow with and experience things with, you know, I struggle with HR sometimes because I don't think of myself as an HR executive. I think of myself as a business leader, right? And I think sometimes our function struggles with getting the credibility and the trust kind of at the executive level for how we actually transform and and create a competitive advantage for an organization and and really help scale and grow a company. So for me, when I think about joining a new organization, I'm always thinking about how does the CEO or even the executive team view the role of the people leader in the business? Is it partner or pariah? (laughs) Um, And I've, I've had a couple different experiences in that regard, but I've been very lucky. It's mostly been partner. But for me, it starts very early with a company appreciating and understanding very clearly. And sometimes I do have to coach and educate. You know, it's not always the case that other executives have had phenomenal experiences with other HR teams. So sometimes you have to kind of reset for people the idea of how people leaders. This is what my, I see my role. This is what I'm going to do to support our organization. I'm different from maybe what you've had in the past. And so to me, it's that linkage to adding value to what the business is trying to accomplish in the market, right? Because your HR executives sit in a very unique spot and most some executives don't understand or appreciate it, right? They sit in a spot where they really are kind of the cog that the wheel goes around in terms of seeing and experiencing a lot of things that are happening in the company. And if they if you go into an organization and you build the right trust and relationships you really do become kind of central to understanding and knowing what's happening in all functional areas of the business. For me, it's always been about framing that experience with my peers in the business to really help them understand if we work together and we have clear understanding of how my team and how I help them achieve their goals functionally, that it'll be a great opportunity, great place for everyone. And so philosophically, I fall on 
I have to be a business partner. My team has to be a business partner, especially at the executive level, which is why I'm very lucky I work for Ben. Mm -hmm. He's been phenomenally important in advocating for the types of change I think we need as a business and as a leader. And this is his company. He's a founder CEO. So he has been on this journey for two years with me and it's been really exciting and interesting and hard. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time too, right? So that's the most rewarding work. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. So for me, philosophically, I want HR to get to a place as an industry where we are meaningful partners with the rest of our peer group, and our peer group understands the real impact we can have on achieving business success. Talking about your business, for those that might not know the data business, the data management, data analytics, what's a data lake? Can you tell us what that is? Uh, I can tell you a little bit. Okay. Um, I just yeah. noticed on your website, and <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I yeah, I probably should know what that yeah. is, but I don't. So. so, you know, high level, the Lonely Data Platform is is the platform that we sell. This is a software solution, and it, we are an enterprise software solutions provider. So we go into you know, Fortune 1000, but we'll talk to anyone mm-hmm. who's interested, the right? Is that, that is size. really kind yep. of the target because it is enterprise software. And we will help those companies take what we traditionally refer to as data swamps, where you have these, you know, segmented or siloed teams sometimes in companies, especially these large enterprise organizations where they've got data sitting in different areas of the business and, and not really talking to each other and not really able to get insights from that data. So our the goal of what we do in, in going into companies is being able to take those data swamps and via the ZDP, which is what we call our Zaloni data platform, kind of streamline it into one platform so that our companies can get you know these transformative business insights. Since you're in the, the data analytics world yep. and data management world, how do you use data in your department? Well, we're just starting to explore that. We are in our next phase of growth organizationally, uh, not just in terms of customers, but also in terms of employees. So we have a couple of systems we'd already been using to try to get some baseline people metrics in terms of the business. And so I'd been reporting on that for probably a year. I'd always been super fascinated with, you know, the idea of engagement and really trying to understand because I have so many employees all over the world and the cultures are different. The experience for our India team, regardless of the culture I try to create in this one global team uh, aspect, it's still, there's still nuances to it, you know, Mm -hmm. on the ground. And so took a lot of time to kind of understand that. And so from a metrics perspective, for me, it all tied back into, you know, not just standardized HR metrics and KPIs, but how do we really get a pulse on how our people are doing? And I didn't have a good way to do that. I don't mm. see all my employees every day. Right, you right. can't spend all your time yeah. on a plane to I India. Can't. And, across. and one of the things that we were working to do in 2019 to continue our journey on you know, full alignment around strategy and company goals and vision and, and getting to kind of what we wanted to expand on and grow as a company, we kind of linked it back to this engagement discussion we were having. And one of the things that Ben was really passionate about doing this year was we wanted to start implementing OKRs as part of our annual and a multi-year kind of planning process. And OKRs take some discipline and they take some planning and because the model is really founded on transparency around communicating objectives and key results, which is what OKRs stand for, and creating transparency top to bottom for everyone in the company. And so to do that, we needed a platform to be able to leverage. And so in February of this year, as part of that journey, we decided to go partner with 
a company called 15.5, which is based out of um, San Francisco, but they have a team here in Raleigh, which was one of the core reasons I chose them. Um, my customer success team is here, and um, they have a couple other functions here in Raleigh. So they, they were also part of the Raleigh community, which I think was really important to me and how we connected with the community here. And so this platform allows us to not only set and uh, manage and create transparency around OKRs, but it's created an opportunity as a company for us to measure engagement and in a meaningful way, not just to say we do it and mm. here's how people are feeling and you know what are we going to do about it, but to actually affect real change in the business and how we run the business. So um, every week, employees are kind of in 15-5 and they, they are reporting on their priorities for the week their objectives, attainment, what they're doing to work towards their OKRs, and they're reporting on how they're feeling. So there's a one to five scale, and that week they tell us how they're doing. I'm five. loving I'm loving my job today. Yes, exactly. I'm not or at this all. week. This week is <laughs> yes. awful. Yes. Yeah. And so, so they, they kind they, of rate they, it. They have to weekly, they have to go in? They have to do it weekly. So, um, and their managers are making sure they do it? Or well, is it, what's happening, it, right, is they, the whole concept of the 15-5 is it's 15 minutes to do your weekly check-in for the employee. It's five minutes for your manager to review it. So for our employees, they do it on Friday, and the manager has to review by Monday. And so our completion rates in the first couple of months are close to 95%. That's which, great. As an HR person who's been inside of using systems for years, <laughs> that's really good. Yeah. Now our employees culturally are already very forthcoming. <laughs> so we hadn't had an issue with them being direct and honest with us about how things were going. It was just really hard to get it all into one place where we could report on it and look at it and really can think about it. Can only their manager see what they've written? It or depends. Can you see, can you go in? I can, you, well, or is it I can, but I, I can, but I don't, mm. right? But I, I do have um, the ability to look Look at broad reports across the organization. You want to get the themes. Right. right. Want to get the themes. And so I do get the weekly pulse, which is a weekly average of everyone's ratings of how they're doing. And we track that week to week. And then we look at submittals for the week. We look at making sure the reviewers are reviewing, which is the managers. And then we can pull reports on the, the answers to the questions that we rotate, not specific to an employee necessarily, but more generally how, you know, how people are responding to those questions. And inside of the 15-5, employees can work with managers and if they don't want the comments to be private, they can allow the managers to share it up. So mm -hmm. they can pass it up. Our goal with it was to be transparent. So we've kind of told employees, you know, how the permissions work and what the visibility levels are. And this, the tool is really great about telling you who can see what. They mm. give you little warnings. So if you put this in, this That's is good. who will see it right. to create, again, transparency for sure. them. But what we've been able to pull out of that, getting back to the metrics, is every Monday when we have our exec staff meeting, we are reporting on the pulse. We are reporting on how we're doing um, with submissions and reviews and the themes that we're seeing and then also on our OKRs and how we're doing on, a, you know, moving towards completion of OKRs organizationally. Right. Two things that have been super exciting for me are seeing the, the executive team embrace and really own this and use it with their teams to drive accountability and to deliver on results. I think that's we've already seen positive outcomes from that. I can't say that there's been one thing, but I'll tell you there's another piece of the platform that does recognition and it's called a high five. 
And you can integrate it with Slack, and we set up a Slack High Five channel. And we do a month or a quarterly all-hands meeting, right? A lot of companies do that. Mm. Part of it was about celebrating achievement. And right before the all-hands, I'd send out a note, hey, nominate your employees, <laughs> your coworkers for an award. You know, right. It was always really hard to get feedback from people. Now that we have this High Five Slack channel, as people are submitting their 15 fives every week, they can give high fives at the end of their 15 five. It has been so cool to see all the recognition happening. Because it makes the tool makes it easy to do. So you don't Super have to like, easy. I'm in the middle of something and now right. I've got, this is it's part right of the process. It's right there. And so then it all feeds yeah. to the Slack channel. It alerts the employee yeah. that you tag, but if everything feeds to the Slack channel. So you can click on the Slack high fives channel anytime and you can read. And it's so, I don't know, it makes me feel happy. Yeah. And I think that for folks who are, you know, one of the things that we hear is the sharing of knowledge when you're a global company, whether it's global customers, global employees, that communication is so critical and it's so hard. It has to be so intentional. And this little high five channel and just the opportunity to do that, I think, has been super special for our people. And it's opened up my eyes to how people are contributing in the organization across the company. Right. So what else is important to employees as a Loney about the way you work here together? What we're finding and what we're, we're we're certainly hearing from our employees, uh, it varies a little bit. I do think the attraction for Zaloni specifically is our work in big data, especially with the buzz terms of AI and ML, right? And the work that's happening in our space in those two areas and how um, we think about how companies use data. We are on kind of the bleeding edge of some of the most interesting technologies that are in, that are happening in the space. Um, it's topically very relevant. So a lot of times what we hear in my team is it's really all about learning, 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 learning. They want to learn. Uh-huh. <laughs> big, big thread. And for us, the challenge is keeping up with them learning as fast as they want to learn and, you know, having the opportunity for them to work on things that give them the learning. So the learning is just huge right now, I think, in big data. And because there's so many companies kind of dipping their toe in or diving into the deep end of the pool around big data, there's a lot to think about when it comes to learning and how you develop your people. But for us, it's all about learning. That's a great insight. Yeah. Wow. What I'm seeing from the High Five channel is the many communities that we create on these teams in the company Mm. and the work that they get to do that's so meaningful to these customers. And when we get customer recognition Mm. and they're sharing that customer recognition with the team members, it's just really cool to see that continuity and to kind of watch it come around full circle. Because I'll hear about things that happen in the business, but when things are kind of mocked in with our hair on fire, sometimes things get overlooked. And so hearing about that has been really cool. And seeing how people are learning in the business is really cool. So again, not to go back to 15.5, but just that visibility that it's created for me in terms of understanding what people are working on, how they're contributing. It just, yeah, it just raises everything up. What advice would you give if you could write a letter Send that back to you when you were 25 or 30 years old. What would you write? What would you put in that letter? Lots of things. Um, (laughs) I was, again, very lucky early in my career. I had um, an opportunity to build a really special team at one of the companies I worked at in Atlanta. And I had a number of folks on that team who regardless of my <laughs> my shortcomings at the time, and, and I had a, a lot of early success in my career. I had a lot of responsibility at a very young age. So I had some folks who worked for me that were kind to me in helping me explore building my leadership competency and my HR competency and really gave me you know pivotal feedback. I was lucky to have some of that, but I don't think everyone's that lucky all the time. 
And I think too, the other thing that I would really tell myself is that for women in particular, and in working in tech, and these are people that were working for you, working for me. That these gave were, you some. These were people who actually worked for candid. me. Candid. Very candid, professionally candid, but we we were exploring you know 360 feedback, and we were exploring transparent 360 feedback in this company, and. I got the opportunity in this particular world to really try a bunch of really innovative, cool things. I had a broad license because the person I reported to was fantastic and was very creative and was very open it to it. It gave you a lot of Gave me a autonomy. lot of room, a lot yeah. of autonomy. And I'd been very lucky and hired a lot of really wonderful people on the team. And, um, you know, I had a style back then. <laughs> <laughs> I know where you're going. You know? I know where you're going. Yeah. But I think what you're, so what you're saying is the advice is get feedback early. Yeah, and not necessarily just from people that work for you, although I think there's, for a lot of leaders, that's a real missed opportunity, is that we ask peers, we ask mentors outside the business, we ask executives, but we don't necessarily talk to folks who work with and for us every day. And I think it's um, a real missed opportunity to bring some self-reflection and self-awareness, right, to how your own journey as a leader Um, So that's one thing. Mm. And then I think for me as a woman working in tech, I'm really obsessed with Brene Brown's work right now. (laughs) Um, She is very impressive. Yeah, she's... I've seen some of her TED Talks. It's incredible. Yeah, just the translation of her work into your personal life or your professional life. Just the work that she's doing on vulnerability and shame. And I think earlier in my career, there's so many things I didn't do or risk I didn't take because of fear or fear of vulnerability. Mm. And so that to me has been, even where I am now, you know, as a relatively confident, successful executive, her work now, it just hugely resonates. It still challenges you. Yeah. And I still think. I still don't have it quite (laughs) figured out, but it's still really interesting to explore it and think about it for other generations of leaders, right, that I'm developing or working with. When I was in Atlanta, a lot of the folks I had hired at roles in companies in Atlanta, they've kind of peppered out and have taken on leadership roles in other startups in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And it's been so fun to see them evolve and grow and kind of become the next. I do. I do. There's some wonderful, wonderful people I've had a chance to work with and have made me better at what I do, too. So That's great. Great answer. Well, we produced this podcast in cooperation with the Northeast Human Resources Association, which is the biggest SHRM chapter in the Northeast, kind of like T-SHRM here in yes. the Raleigh-Durham market. Yep. And we have a young professionals group. We have the NERA YP, Young Professionals, question of the podcast. This one comes from Sarah Dumont, who is actually the producer of this podcast. Where Her question is, what advice would you give? What resources, thought leaders, experiences do you recommend to somebody that's looking to... Have your job someday. The one thing that's worked for me that I think, again, sometimes HR leaders can overlook is the value and power of a network. So taking and investing the time in intentionally making connections. It's funny, but Ben, our CEO, he's the best I've ever seen at this. Hmm. (laughs) He's my... Uh, I have a recruiter. She's wonderful. Her name's Kristen Wise. She's great. Uh, She is even amazed at how 
successful and just diligent Ben is in terms of connecting people. What kinds of things does he do? Give us an example of what the activities look like. I just think that as a founder CEO who's working to build a company in this space and in technology in this market that he's super curious and so for him it's not even a thought right like if I don't know how to do something or if I want to input on an idea or if I want to kick something around Mm. I'm just going to go find something to kick it around with. Mm. Um, and because his network, he's been doing this for so so long, I think because his network has, has just gradually built over the years, there's not a topic I could probably give him that he couldn't find me somebody to talk to, to seek counsel well, on or advice. Isn't it interesting so. that you said that his this number one, well, one of the top qualities it has is this curiosity. And then you talked about what's important to your employees here. Yeah. And it's learning. Yes. And you can see that that's yes. all it's all Clearly connected. that's why. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Well, I'm sure there's some connection well, there. Well, and I think right? too, getting back to culture, I think that we had to stack rank competencies like intellectual curiosity for us is quite high mm. on the list of things that you need to work here. Right. But that in our in our space and the types of skill profiles we recruit for, it's not usually a challenge, but mm. that is definitely um, I think a, a good describer of right. kind of Zaloni culture and employees. For That's sure. great. Well, I want to shift to some lighter questions. <laughs> sure. If you could go to dinner with any living person, who would it be and why? Well, there's a couple. I've already mentioned one. I'm super obsessed with Brene Brown. Uh, right. So you would love to go to dinner I with Brene. I think she, not only is her work amazing, and I just kind of dig her. I watched her Netflix called A Courage mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, and she just seems like she'd be really fun and cool. <laughs> so I think that could be really interesting. And um, the second one is, I think, having dinner with Michelle Obama. <laughs> My namesake. I think that would just be... Your namesake. My namesake, yeah. (laughs) I I heard you sneak that in. Um, Yeah, me and Michelle. Regardless of political affiliation, I think her journey as first lady and some of the work that she did and then kind of how she's come out of uh, being first lady, you know, at the end of her husband's term as president, I think has been really fun to kind of watch what she's doing now and Mm -hmm. how she's engaging women across the country in interesting ways. But yeah, I think that could be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. A little intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> but very cool. I have a feeling you would that be, be great. okay? You'd be okay. great in that. Discussion. That'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best performance you've ever seen? Could be musical, sports, artistic oh. thing. Two things. Any basketball game where UNC is playing for a national <laughs> championship. That's pretty amazing. Did they win while you were in school? They did. Oh, congratulations. They did. That's awesome. When I was a freshman. Ah. So you guys can do the math on that. Well, but... they might have won multiple years. We don't know. <laughs> Not while I was in school. <laughs> Not while I was in school. So that's always fun. Right. And then um, got to go see Wicked in London a few years ago. Mm. Just from an art perspective, it yeah, was really the, cool. Yeah, the spinoff on The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, from the, the, so. The Wicked Witch's perspective, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, Silver Pop had an office there, and we had a, a good sized team, and so I went twice a year and always tried to kind of do something with the team there. And mm-hmm. so we'd go see a show and saw Wicked there. And it was. In Boston, would say it was a wicked good show. Wicked good show. I don't show. know if you know that we say I that. Do. Okay. I do. I do. I uh, do. And um, my last question for you. What's something interesting that you're willing to share that we couldn't find on your LinkedIn profile? That's 
I don't know if it's like super that. interesting. I think it's just kind of an odd thing uh, that I'm, I'm happy to share is that I didn't learn to swim until I had to pass a swim test in college. Really? Yeah. Wow. That Not is, that technically. Is, it's, that is very interesting. But yeah, UNC requires <laughs> you have to pass a swim test to graduate. And so I had to learn to swim <laughs> so I could pass my swim test. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it seems like things are going very swimmingly right here at Zaloni. And it's been so great to have you. Thank on you. It's been fun. This podcast. Thank you for listening to the Hennessy Report from Keystone Partners. Be sure to subscribe to listen to all of our conversations with leaders in HR. Go to keystonepartners.com and click on the podcast button.